God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to another week of prophetic mentoring and counseling. I'm your host and mentor for this hour, Apostle Delisa, and I am excited about this topic tonight. This is one of the most unpopular topics in the kingdom, right? One of the most unpopular topics It's a topic that many people stumble over. Many people wish that the passages related to this topic would have not been included in the Holy Scriptures, but it is. Um, this is a topic that many people wish that the Lord Jesus would blink at, but he won't. <laughs> so tonight's topic, which was one of the um, suggested topics, um, suggested discussion topics for the year. And again, I'm trying to move down the list um, consecutively. I can't always guarantee that that will happen. Sometimes the Lord may take me in another direction, but um, certainly trying to accommodate those of you who have um, requested um, some additional study and just some additional um, teaching and, and, and revelation um, on these particular topics. And I'm certainly glad that you were, um, felt confident enough to share. So God bless everybody. Thank you for joining. And let us go ahead and dig in for this next hour. Uh, the topic is forgiveness or torment you choose. And as we get into it, uh, my prayer is that by the end, of, by the time that we're done, um, you would forgive. And listen, you know, I'm preaching to the choir in terms of we all have been hurt. We all have been betrayed. We all have been mis, uh, misused, taken advantage of, um, prostituted in some form or fashion. We've been there all. No, listen, nobody gets, uh, you know, to raise their hand and said, I'm the only one. We have all dealt with, um, being uh, short-sighted. We've all been there. And there may be some that's in that place right now. And, and so this message may be a hard one. You know, I have this term where I, I say some things are a hard truth. It's a hard truth. Um, it, it's just a hard pill to swallow, but it is what it is. Um, so some of you may actually be in that place right now where you, you've been offended, someone has hurt you, and, and, and the Lord is dealing with you. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you in terms of letting it go. Okay. Um, and so my prayer tonight, of course, is that, um, is that by the time we get done, whoever you're holding that thing against, whoever you're holding hostage, you know, that person that you built that jail for in your spirit, that you would go ahead and open that cage and let them out. All right. So we are going to go ahead and get started. Again, the topic tonight, this week, is forgiveness or torment you choose. Let me go ahead and put this device down so I can get my reading. All right. Um, if, if, for those of you, Christine, you're on the line, if you can go ahead and put into the comments section, Matthew chapter 18, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to talk heavily out of that particular chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 18. And, um... Oh, gosh, there's a couple of places I want to go in there, but I think I'm going to begin at 23. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. If you guys can just kind of post those um, scriptures in the comment section, that would be very helpful to those who are coming in later or may be listening at a later time. And they can have that as a reference um, so we can look out for our for our kingdom family. Um, let me just give you a little bit more discussion about for, un, about forgiveness. All right. We can listen. We can't even get to the unforgiveness part. We got to deal with the forgiveness. Why forgiveness is so important. Why does God expect us to forgive? You know, does that mean that you have to reconcile? Does forgiveness and reconciliation mean the same thing? 
right? Um, you know, what if the person never apologizes? What if the person who's hurt you, who's offended you, what if they've never acknowledged, you know, the pain that they've caused you, the pain that they've inflicted upon you? What do you do? What do you do as a believer um, when you're faced with having to forgive someone who doesn't see the issue in their actions? There's a, 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 a um, cliche that we've all heard forgive them even when they're not sorry or even if they don't say sorry or there's another one learn how to accept the, the apology that you never get and let me tell you I've had to do that on many occasions just learn how to accept the apology that that you don't get um I, I believe it was Timothy who talked about living in the last um days and listen there are people who will do you evil and think they're doing God a favor I mean they will literally do you evil and and, and say in the name of Jesus you know I mean just a very twisted um, mindset that we're dealing with this generation uh, of believers believe it or not not even unbelievers but even in the church um even among the believing body uh, you know, there are um, multiples of people who have flesh issues, emotional issues, heart issues. And so they don't see a problem with talking to you any kind of way or cutting you off or shutting you down. You know, and they'll say the Lord told me, you know, <laughs> they'll do it in Jesus name. Right. And so even Jesus said there'll be many in that day that said, Lord, Lord, I've done this and I've done that in your name. He said, I don't know you. Right. So forgiveness is is not so much giving the person a pass for what they have done to you as much as it is aligning your heart with the things of God. And that's what you have to keep in mind. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're weak. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're passive. Forgiveness doesn't mean that uh, you're not hurting. Forgiveness doesn't mean that God is not going to deal with it. You know, that that's not. The, what forgiveness means. That's not what sums up forgiveness. Forgiveness is the posture of your heart. God is always looking at the posture of your heart. So, you know, let's look at that. And um, again, we're coming out of Matthew chapter 18. And listen, this is one of those messages. Like I said, it's, it's a very unpopular one because we just, we, we, a lot of us have that Old Testament mentality. You know, you do so eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You do something to me, I'm going to do something back to you. And remember, Jesus dealt with that. He said, they smite you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. And I got to admit, some of us, myself included, you know, have not, we have not matured to that level yet, right? But in the Old Testament, that's the way it was. You take my ox, I take your ox. You take my, you know, you, you injure me, I injure you. And, and so there was a, um, back in the Old Testament, they, they believed, firmly be, uh, believed in uh, restitution, Right. And, 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 you know, you, I'm going to get back from you what you took from me. And so they took matters in their own hand and that was good for that time. But we're not in those, we're not in those days now. Right. We, um, we're not in those days. I'm just closing this file out. We, um, we're living after the heart of God, right? We put on the mind of Christ and we're moving by the fruit of the spirit. So we're not out. We don't play tit for tat and you get me and I get you. We don't, we don't, the Bible says, uh, vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. So we don't fight back against those who have offended us. You know, we, we take that issue to God, we clean our heart and we let him deal with it. He said, vengeance is mine, not yours. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That's God's word. However, when we harbor unforgiveness, you know, we, we tie God's hands. There's nothing God can do. And I'm going to give you scripture for that in a little bit. God bless everybody. Good evening, everybody. You know, there, uh, there's nothing God can do when you hold that person hostage. 
There's nothing uh, that God can do. And, and listen, when we talk about the torment part, let me tell you, some of you may find yourself pulling out a pen and paper and just writing down people you need to forgive and you want to release them out of your spirit tonight, immediately. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the effects of unforgiveness are very uh, destructive, very damaging. And, and like I said, we'll get into that in a minute, but I just kind of want to give you guys some, some commentary on why forgiveness is so important. Again, it doesn't mean that you, it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you pat the person on the back who hurt you. It doesn't mean that God is not going to deal with them. It doesn't mean that, you know, you got to be best friend. That's not what that means. Forgiveness is not so much for them as much as it is for you. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness is not so much for the person who has offended you. Forgiveness is for you. Remember, it's to keep your heart pure, right? In Jesus's prayer, the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, here's what Jesus said. The apostle said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And one of the things that Jesus, one of the components that Jesus included in that prayer was in verse 12. And the Bible says, uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So that, you know, that's again, that that's a hard, that that's an issue that we take to the father in prayer. Lord, as you forgive, Lord, I forgive them as you have forgiven me because we have all sinned. Even the people who have sinned against you, you've sinned against somebody too. Listen, you've sinned against yourself, right? So, you know, when un a lot of times, many times people will hold unforgiveness. And this is why God hates unforgiveness so much. Because it gives the unforgiving person um, or it gives the image of um, that you have a leg up over them. You're better than them, right? They sinned against me, so I'm going to hold that against them. But we sin too daily, right? Bible says, what? let me see, Romans 3. 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. None of us are perfect. So to hold somebody hostage that he did this to me, she did that to me and I will never forgive them. What that means is you, you, this pride is working and pride is saying, I'll never forgive them. I'm better than them. And, and, and until they do right by me, and many of you, some of you, those of you Americans have probably seen the color purple, right? And, you, and you've seen Steely and she put this kind of curse on um, Mr. And, and she says, you know, until you do right for me, nothing will ever go right for you. And the things you do to me, it all is already done to you. Those are all works of the flesh, right? As believers, we don't we don't take that that, you know, we don't do that. You know, we release that person and, and, and we say, Father, and listen, in some cases, you will have to ask God, Father, help me to forgive. Right? Like the scriptures say, help my unbelief. I want to forgive, but I'm so hurt and I'm so broken. And so in that instance, forgiveness becomes a process. It, because listen, you have to forgive from your heart, from your soul, from your mind, your whole being. Because when something has been done to you, it eats at the core. It eats your, 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 I hate to say insides, but it eats up your, your, it eats at your soul. It eats at your soul. Put it like that. It eats at your soul. And, and so this is what the, this is the destructive nature of unforgiveness. And again, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, right? But there's a destructive nature that comes to unforgiveness that listen to me, people of God, it can cause cancer. It can cause arthritis. It can cause all types of uh, intestinal, gastrointestinal disorders. Why? Because that unforgiveness, when you hold on to something, okay, it, it's, it, and, and envision this, if you can, those of you seers, go with me. It, it's, when, you, when you are holding someone in your spirit, you are locking them in. And do you know what something locked in your bowels does to you? Do you know what something locked in, in, in your bones does to you? Do you know what something locked 
in your system and you're not releasing it. God designed our systems to release. Whether we release from urine or whether we release feces, the body, God designed the natural body to release. That's the natural function of the body. So therefore, to hold something in, even for those of you women, mothers, wives who have taken in seed from your husband, what do you do? After nine months, approximately, you release it. Okay, so even those of us with the Holy Spirit out of our bellies come flow the rivers of living water. So our bodies were not designed to just hold things, especially negative emotions, negative emotional experiences. God bless everybody. It's not designed for that. So when you hold something in and you hold this person hostage, you holding this person and, and, and you know what? That's what unforgiveness builds a jail. I, and I, I, I'm uh, this scripture for this. Please don't just take my word for it. You know, you know me by now. And I will give you scripture. OK, but we're just talking. So unforgiveness builds a, 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 a jail, excuse me, a jail. And it has it, and it locks people in. It locks in the father, the, the father who abandoned you. It locks in the mother who wouldn't let you go to the prom. It locks in your sister who. uh bought a house before you. It locks in the pastor who wouldn't let you sing your song. It locks people in. And how do you know that thing is locked in? It's because when somebody mentions that person's name or when that thing comes across you, comes across your mind, your whole body reacts to it. Okay. Why? Because it's in there. So it's, so unforgiveness um, is very destructive. Like I said, it, it, it can cause sickness it can cause disease it can cause all types of emotional and mental disorders it can cause mental health where you are so consumed because that's what unforgiveness does when you don't release someone out of your spirit you become consumed with them you watch what they do you watch what they say everything about them now takes front and center attention in your life you know what I'm saying? It, it, you're just consumed. And so now, and if you've got a prophetic destiny on your life, you are certainly off course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're so off course because you're no longer following what God has, has designed. You, you, you're busy watching what so-and-so is doing or your, what your ex-husband or your ex-wife or your baby mom or baby dad. You, you're, you're, it, I'm telling you, it distorts your view, people of God. It distorts your vision. All right. So this is a very serious, serious, serious topic. And I'm going to tell you something. Just because you've gone on from a situation doesn't mean that you've moved on. Right. It doesn't mean. Yeah, uh, Michelle. Yeah, it's like idolatry. You, you built an image in your in your being and you put that person in a place where God should be. Everything they do now, you just you can't get past it. If somebody mentions their name, oh, so and so, so, he ain't nothing, she ain't nothing, they ain't about nothing. Why? Because you, you, you're speaking from an unhealthy place. You're, you're, the Bible says your word should be wholesome, right? You, you should have the law of kindness uh, operating in your tongue. But when there's unforgiveness there, I'm telling you, it will cause the rottenness of your bones. All the works you do in ministry. First of all, Jesus can't even acknowledge it because it's, it's contaminated and it stinks to high heaven. You know, everything you do is done out of false motives, false agendas, uh, it, it counterfeit fruit, counterfeit gifts. Because, why? Because you're not you're not pure. You're not whole. You're bloody. You're messy. You're stinking. You're, you're a mess. <laughs> you understand? And, and so come on now. The Lord said, I want you to be whole. Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as what? Your soul 
soul prosperity soul prosperity your soul should prosper uh amen in accordance with with every other area of prosperity there should be soul so listen matter of fact let me tell you something if you don't have money if you got soul prosperity honey you will be all right you understand if you don't have a house on a hill if you have prosperity of soul Come on now. If you've got prosperity of soul, if your soul is strong, right? You can you can encourage yourself if your soul is strong. You can prophesy over yourself if your soul is strong. But if you're broken and you can't even pull, you got listen, you've got to always drink out of somebody else's well. You gotta eat off somebody else's field. I talked about this Sunday. You can't harvest. You, you will be a perpetual gleaner. You know what a gleaner is? A gleaner is somebody who didn't sow a seed all harvest long, but the harvesters, the ones who did, the sowers and the harvesters, had mercy on you and allowed you to come. Uh, Amen, Tina. I hear you, daughter. The harvesters will allow you, they will have mercy on you, right? And allow you to come and glean. But they're only going to let you get what they don't want. They, they will only allow you to take what's left behind. You can read the story about Ruth, right? They said, he told Boaz, said, he told his guys, he said, leave some on the side. So when you're gleaning, you may be getting something, but you, you're not getting the whole portion. You're not getting all of what God designed you to have. You're just getting a measure. You're getting, you're not even, listen, you're not even 30 in the 30, 60, 100 fold. You hadn't even reached that yet. Those are for sowers. <laughs> so that means you're below the 30 fold. Okay. So, you know, I want to really drive this home. And, I, you know, and some of you guys probably need to go back and listen to this because if this is where you are, and you've got things you believe in God for, whether it's marriage, whether it's ministry or business, career, health, family, what have you. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart, listen, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you, you're going to hurt. You, you're going to delay it. And even the devil, you're going to delay your own breakthrough. So this is why a topic like this is very important. OK. So um, let's see where we are. Let me give you a definition for forgiveness. And, and this is out of the New International Webster's Concise Dictionary. Uh, and I'm going to define forgiveness. Forgiveness is to grant pardon for, to grant pardon for or remission of something. Number two, to cease of blame or feel resentment. Now, listen, I could talk about that all day, all night. <laughs> to stop blaming or to stop feeling resentment. That's what forgiveness. When you forgive somebody, you stop blaming them. So if you're still blaming mama, still blaming daddy, still blaming apostles, still blaming bishops, still blaming, excuse me, your coworker, still blaming your neighbor, then you have not forgiven. If you are still pointing a finger at anybody, that's an area of unforgiveness and it's going to trouble you. All right. It's going to trouble you in the spirit. So God bless you, everybody. Uh, so to cease of blame or feel resentment, to feel resentment. And, and you know, when you feel resentment against someone, it's, it's something, it, uh, you know, it makes you turn on the inside. Right. It, there's a turning. There's a churning. It's like it, it, and you and you. Here's how, you know, people of God, that, you know, it's something in your soul that's not right because it's turning. Now, Ezekiel talked about the wheel within the wheel. Right. And, you know, when we're praying, we talked about this last week when we talked about gifts of tongues and you feel that wheel burning, turning. Well, I'm not talking about a wheel turning. <laughs> I'm talking about when you your when there's a sinking, sinking, sunken feeling of resentment. You can feel that thing in your soul. Somebody say amen. You can feel the sinking, sunken feeling in your soul when you see that person or when somebody mentions that person. Or check this. Sometimes here, let me tell you here. Oh my God. Here's how the Holy Spirit will test you, right? 
The Bible said, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Here's how the Holy Spirit will test you and show you whether you've forgiven somebody or not. Watch when God bless that person that you that has offended you or that has betrayed you. How do you respond? That's the litmus test right there. If you can say, I forgive. I ain't going to call nobody names. Let me just make up a fix. I like to use Leroy and I pray to God. I don't know nobody named Leroy. Y'all, it's just a fictitious name. Okay, Leroy and Sue. You say you forgive Leroy and Sue, but Leroy and Sue uh, uh, just built a new house from the ground up. How do you feel about that? You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will check you when you say you've forgiven and, and, and you've released them. Then you shouldn't feel anything churning and flipping up inside, upside down in your spirit when you hear something good happen to them. That's resentment. Resentment is I don't want nothing to happen good to you. I don't want to see you prosper. I don't want to see anybody. You know, I want to see everything about you just totally just disintegrate. You feel happy when when they're going through something, you know, and you feel sad when they're being blessed. You hold resentment. OK, so you got to be careful. So forgiveness is to grant pardon or remission. Hold on for a minute. My alarm is on. I've got some jerk chicken in the oven. Give me one minute. check on my dinner <laughs> so um yes yeah, so my anointed self gotta feed these folks so um <clears throat> so the definition we talked about resentment forgiveness means to grant pardon for or remission y'all quit hating on my chicken look at you <laughs> put your mind on jesus <laughs> uh, forgiveness means to grant pardon for or remission it means to cease blame or feel resentment against it also means to remit as a debt OK, so when you forgive, forgiveness means that you no longer blame the person who did this stuff to you. Now, listen, it does not mean that they're not responsible for what they did. Don't miss. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. All right. It doesn't mean that they get a pass and, oh, you know, it, it, I, forget. We'll put it like this. Forgiveness is not forgetting. OK, and, and then you got to be careful about the forgetting part, too, because you hear people say, I forgive them, but I don't forget. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, that the counselor and me would say, well, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> so, you know, because you got to you got to heal the memory. Right. That, that's a, you, it's, remember, I said forgiveness is a process. So you forgive them. The forgiveness has got to come out of your heart. It's got to come out of your mind. The forgiveness has to come out of your will and your emotions. Forgiveness. You have to will forgiveness. It's not going to happen automatically. You're not going to, you know, <laughs> run around and, and say, oh, I forgive you. No, no, no. You have to you have to do it. It is a, a, a let's see. It is a force that has to be exerted. OK. In, in other words, you have to put energy into forgiving and you got to put work into forgiving. And this is why I believe I believe this is why so many people would just rather not deal with it. Right. Talk to the hand. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm done with you. I mean, you know, all those little those sayings that 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 kind of put a band-aid over a 
gaping wound, right? I don't want to deal with no more. I'm finished with it. No, you're really not because there's resentment there. There's blame there. And there's the mind battle. You have no peace whatsoever. Okay. So, so, you know, forgiveness is a force of pressure. It is a force of will. It's not going to come automatically. And this is why, listen to what happened. Jesus said, you've got to put that in your prayer. Forgive us, Father, even as I forgive them. You, that's something you've got to take to God in prayer because God has got to wash your heart. God's got to cleanse your heart. God's got to cleanse your emotion. It, it's a process. It's not something you do. Now, the kids, you know, elementary, preschool, you know, they trip each other up. Oh, I'm sorry. And they hug and they move on. But now when we become adults and things are, are, are and we are offended, you know, it, it, it takes, it goes a little bit deeper than I'm sorry. Let's hug and kiss and make up. It goes deeper. So because that 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 uh, infliction of pain has gone deeper, then you got to go deep to 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 forgive. And again, it's work. People don't want to do. I'm telling you, people don't want to put the work in the Bible. So you got to work out your own salvation, not just salvation. Jesus love you. I'm saved. But the salvation even from the demons of your mind. You got to work that thing out. And I was telling my church Sunday, a lot of things we bring to church and I, yeah, I get it. I get it. If you don't can't do it at home, bring it, praise God. But then there are certain things that, that God is requiring you to build your own prayer altar, put yourself on it and, and, and give him those hurts and pains. Okay. Give him what, who molested you. Give him the fact that mom, uh, uh put me up for adoption. The fact that dad never, well, I mean, give that thing to him. Come on now. Give it to Jesus. It, it takes some work. And then we wonder why we see the fruit of disaster. We mistrust people. We, we, we suspicious. We, why? Because unforget the, the fruit. Now you got this set. Listen, you don't have the fruit of forgiveness. What is the fruit of forgiveness? Peace, joy. I love everybody. Be blessed. Be great. You understand what I'm saying? You happy for people genuinely happy. But the fruit of unforgiveness is bitterness. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm mad. Here comes envy and strife walking through the door. The window goes up and, and backbiting and gossip comes in. I mean, come, nothing good can come from that. Nothing good can come from that. So it, 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 it is a process that you have got to work yourself through. I'm telling you. I'll give you a personal example. There has been a woman, she's still alive, praise God, that has, has done me, not just me, but my family, but some real deep uh, demonic things toward me since I was young. Okay. And, and, and I want to put this tactfully because, you know, I don't want to put nobody out there. I don't, that's not who I am, but you know, it, it took me years. I would keep saying, Lord, I forgive so-and-so Lord, I forgive so-and-so. And, so and, and, and God, listen, God knew my heart. I really wanted to, but it seemed like whenever, uh, I would, you know, ask God, you know, Lord, help me to forgive her and release her. She would do something else. <laughs> I mean, the devil was really using this woman. And, and so I had to keep going to God. And that's why Peter asked, and we're in Matthew um, uh, 20, where we at? Matthew 18. Um, and I hadn't even touched the scripture, but I mean, come on, guys. So, you know, I, I, you know, that's why Peter said, well, how many times should I forgive? Seven times seven? Sometimes you have to forgive the same person multiple times. I mean, you don't get to run out. You know, I mean, we don't go to the father and say, oh, you know, God, I guess I must have reached my quota of forgiveness. So, you know, I'll check back tomorrow. You know, some of us may not. We may check out tonight. You know what I'm saying? Eternally. So, you know, there is no quota on how many times you forgive a person. 
every time, and listen, every time they do something to you, you need to be quick, right? You need to be quick to deal with that and not let it fester and, 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 and burrow its way into your spirit. I feel that on the line tonight. There's some of us, we, we, we are too passive. I'm telling you, I, you know, I don't have time to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it. I'll deal with it later. I got too much. No, sweetheart, brother, sister, deal with it right now. The Bible says, don't let your, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Okay. And what does that mean? Don't let too much time linger before you deal with the stuff that you know is, is bothering you. The longer you let that thing sit, the more it's going to eat at you. The more you let that thing, I'm, I'm telling you, deal with it. Deal with it. Father, in Jesus' name, there is this woman, this man, this person, Lord God, that has hurt me, that has wounded me. And I, I, I know I'm believing you for some great things. I'm not really seeing that in my life. And God, I just believe according to your word that if I'm holding unforgiveness, Lord God, there's no way you, you, you there's no way you're going to forgive me. There's no way you're going to bless me. There's no way you're going to uh, move in this area of my life. But God, it's so hard to forgive this woman. It's so hard to forgive this man. Amen. It's so hard to forgive them. So, Father, I'm asking you in Jesus saying, God, I want to. I'm willing myself to forgive. I want to. I want to comply with your word. I want to I, I, I want to do the right thing. God, I want to I want to I, I want my ways to be pleasing before you. But God, it's hard. But, Father, I will to forgive. I command my soul to forgive. I command my mind to forgive. I command my emotions to forgive. And Father, when I, when I feel as if this, this experience is taking me down under again, God, I'm coming back. God, help me, Father. This is an area that I'm struggling in. I need your help. See, that's not something you can do at the corporate altar. That's something you've got to do at home or, or all week. You understand what I'm saying? Peter, Jesus said, no, not, you know, 70 times 70. There's no limit. Sometimes you got to go to God three, four times a day, especially if you work with somebody who keeps getting on your nerves. You may find yourself three, four, five, six, seven times a day. Lord God, help me in Jesus name, Lord, to release this person. God, and then the father, in the name of Jesus, because the enemy is using this person, God, to corrupt my spirit. And I got too many things I'm believing you for. I've got too many breakthroughs that's been prophesied, that's been destined for my life. And the enemy is trying to use this person, God to cause me to disqualify from my blessing but in the name of Jesus Father I will God I will overcome I will endure and, and God I will I will hold fast to that which you have given me Lord in the name of Jesus you understand what I'm saying you you got to train and discipline your spirit you have to discipline remember I said it's a will forgiveness does not come automatically especially listen there are certain families that have generational strongholds of bitterness and resentment Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got cousins on one side that hadn't spoke to cousins on the other side for 30 years. And y'all don't even know why. You don't go to the family reunions. You don't go to no family functions. Is so-and-so going to be there? Well, we ain't going. The whole tribe of so-and-so ain't going. You know, just tribal and generational uh, bitterness. And guess what? You brought a whole, the, the third and fourth generation, you brought them right on up in that stuff. That's what I'm telling you. There's family unforgiveness. This, this, oh God, this is, so, this is so deep. This is so deep. You've got somebody, you know, God forbid, uh, a woman broke up your grandparents' marriage, right? And so now it's, it's, it's like war. What back in the day it was called the, um, the McCoys and, uh, oh Lord Jesus. Some of y'all help me. It was two warring families. The, the McCoy, the McCoys and, uh, start with an H. I cannot remember. Anyway, you know, I'm not one to tell you to watch movies, but if you're that guy, you know, you might want to check that out 
because you will see the generational hatred. Look at slavery, right? The gener hatred, that stuff, y'all, come on, it's generational. It's generational. You have blacks who are racist. You got white. It, racists don't just belong to, to the white people. You have black folks as racist because of generational stuff. Unforgiveness. Oh, I done stepped in something. You, you understand what I'm saying? Unforgiveness. And so you wonder why a certain race can't prosper. You wonder why you know, certain groups of people can't. Unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. So it's not just somebody raped me and I, I, you know, I'm having a hard time. Some of this stuff is way deeper than what happened to an individual. Some of this is unforgiveness from groups of people. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's deep, folks. So it's very important that we, um, the Bible says, examine yourself, see if you be in the face, see if Christ dwells in you. You know, let me, you know, a lot of us go to God and we're asking for more money on the, on, on the paycheck, which, hey, I'm right there with you. And we're asking God for a lot of, we, listen, we're asking God for a lot of material stuff. But when it comes to Lord, take my heart and put it on the altar, God, and just set fire on it. And, and, and God, just show me me. Show me the ugly parts of me. Show me the part that make you mad. Show me the part that turns your head. Show me, show me that part, God. Th that part right there. You understand? Oh, God, I want to be the gifted one. I want to be the most uh, uh, um, uh, accurate prophet in my church. I want to be the most accurate prophet. I want to have engagements. I want to preach. I want flyers. I want churches. I want. And, and but your heart is just as jacked up as everything you ever seen. And guess what? The ministry that you do will bless the people who subscribe to you. But at the end of the day, what happens to you? What happens to you? Because the gift is going to work even when you're fired. We talked about that, right? The gift will work even when you're fired. Okay. Whew, that was a lot. So, so praise God. So in the Old Testament, you know, they, it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? We're not, we're not under that dispensation now. We're under grace. And I know it sounds easy, but let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Sometimes grace is harder than the law. At least you could, you, at least the law was black and white. With grace, you got to figure that thing out from, from your heart. And if your heart is jacked up, what comes out the Bible say, you know, the issues of your heart's going to be jacked up. So grace, yeah, it sounds more merciful, but it actually requires more work. Why? Because now you got to pull from your heart. You don't have the, 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 the stones written, you know, and, and read it. It is written. So no, now you got to have this stuff written on your heart. You got to judge from your heart. You got to move from your heart. So it's harder now. <laughs> you know, it's not easier. It's harder. Because now you got to make decisions based on what the Holy Spirit is telling you and, and what the Holy Spirit is directing you and, and, and navigating you to do. You, and you got to choose. You have to, that's why I said you got to choose. With the law, it's either black or white. In grace, you make, a, you make a choice. You're not being compelled to do anything. Okay? So, um, let's get some scripture. How about that? Matthew chapter 18. Somebody post that. And, and let me tell you something. The whole chapter of 18 is talking about human relationships. All right. It opens up with them. Because when I was looking at it, I was like, God, I feel like I can read the whole chapter. But I wouldn't dare do that to you all or to myself. But, um, you know, the disciples were asking who was the greatest and all of that stuff. You know, how people would be uh, jockeying for positions and, you know, it'd be humble. It's the, most, the greatest person is the most humble person. How about that? Um, so let's see. Let's move down to, um, oh, I love this part. Let me just talk about this for one minute. Again, this is Matthew 18, um, verse 15, Matthew 18, 15. Thank you. I appreciate you for doing that. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against thee, 
Go and tell him it's fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, you have gained your brother. Verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he neglects to hear you, then tell it to the church. And if he neglect to hear the church, then let him be unto thee as a heathen and a public. And that way you just could excommunicate, right? People say, I don't see it in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's inferred. It's in context. So in this particular, which is not really my topic, but I feel for some reason I need to go here. Um, in this verse, what, um, 15 through 8, uh, 17, Jesus is talking about how to resolve conflict in, in relationships. We did that at work today. We had workshops with conflict resolution for high schoolers, right? And, and so here, here's, here's how Jesus said you should handle conflict. Go to that person. Not take it to Facebook, not take it to, you know, go to that person. And I mean, Jesus said, this is what Jesus said. Okay. And if you, you know, two of you can't work it out, or maybe, maybe is you, you're unable to approach that person for whatever reason, then it is, it is permissible to take someone with you, take a witness with you, one or two witnesses. Don't gang up and take five, 10 people. Now, you know, you're going to intimidate a person and you know, some stuff is going to pop off and then you're going to have a bigger issue. But take no more than two people with you and sit down and have a meeting. Try to resolve the conflict. If that doesn't happen, then you bring in uh, somebody, you know, bring in a mediator. And if that doesn't happen, then you can excommunicate. There's some weird stuff going on outside. Um, hold on for a minute, you guys. Okay, a lot of distractions tonight. The devil is a liar. All right, so that's how you how you resolve conflict, right? You if you can go to that person, go to them. If not, take somebody. You know, no more than two people, prayerfully, and and try to resolve it. You know, in other words, Jesus said, learn how to work your stuff out. That's what grown people do. Work your stuff out. All right, and 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 that's how you can kind of avoid from having issues that's affecting your soul. Right. Remember, you, God wants soul prosperity above everything else. You know, even as your soul prosper, he wants your soul to prosper, wants your soul to be healthy, wants your soul. It's very important for your soul to be healthy. OK, that's the essence of your life. Um, your decisions are going to come out of how your soul feels. You're going to worship based on how your soul feels. You're going to give on how your soul feels. So soul prosperity is very important. So God is always looking for you to deal with things that will help you improve the wellness of your soul. Okay, so now let's get down to the nitty gritty. Look at, um, I'm still in Matthew chapter 18, and here's verse 21. Remember, I was telling you what Peter said. Peter, then Peter came to him. Because apparently, you know, come on, this is Peter. This is on Peter's mind. And you said, we got to go and sit down and talk with you and work it out. So in Peter's mind, and we can infer this, Peter was like, well, what if it doesn't work out? And he asked a good question. Verse 21, Matthew 18, verse 21. Somebody posted for me. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? He said, up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but unto 70 times seven. And listen, it doesn't mean that you literally count 490 times. Okay. It, seven is a number of perfection and completion. In other words, Jesus is saying, do it until it's done. Okay. Because you had some folk, well, I went to them three times and all I got 487 more times. No, go back and keep dealing with it. Remember, I said forgiveness is a process. That's what it means until 70 times seven, until that thing is completed. That's what that means. 
So Jesus said, I said not unto you unto seven times, but unto seven times seven. Now, here Jesus goes in, and this is kind of the meat of what I want to talk about. And I'm going to throw this at you guys, and I'm going to go and eat my chicken. Praise God. This is in verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, and many of you should know this by now, which would take account of his servants. Verse 24. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. And but verse 25, but for as much as he would not, as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, all that he had, so that the payment could be made. The servant fell down and worship and said, Lord, have patience on me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Verse 28. Listen to this. But the same same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, not even now this man owed how much we say? What did Jesus say? He owed him 10,000 talents, right? So this guy that owed him didn't even come close to that. Owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, Matthew chapter 18, 28. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down on his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but he went, where am I? And cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Verse 32, Matthew 18, 32. Then his Lord, after that he called him, said unto him, O you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me or you asked of me, right? Should not you have also had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth or angry and delivered him to the tormentors. And I want you to, if you got your Bible, circle it or somebody post it in all caps, please. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, likewise, circle that, shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your what? Heart. Forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. I'm going to read 34 and 35 again. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Thank you. Delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If you from your heart forgive not everyone, his brother, their trespasses. So this sums up and, 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 and corroborates what I was sharing with you earlier. Number one, forgiveness has to be done from your heart. It cannot be lip service. When we were in preschool and elementary, it was lip service. Why? Because the wound hadn't, it wasn't, it was not deeply inflicted. Nowadays we're grown. We got grown folk problems. We got bills. We got kids. We got health. We got life. You understand what I'm saying? So when you are offended, it, it takes a, um, it takes a deeper effect or it has a deeper effect than it would when you were younger. And so the Bible is saying you've got to forgive from your heart. That means that when that person's name is mentioned, if you feel something jumping in your spirit and heart and belly is jumping and stuff, honey, <laughs> you have not forgiven. If they mention that person's name and you roll your eyes and suck your teeth and put your hand up, you have not forgiven from your heart. All you did was lip service. But your heart has still not been cleansed from that person, from that thing. Now, like I said, this does not mean, because I'm going to give you scripture for this too now. This does not mean that you give them a pass for what they did. 
When you forgive someone from your heart, this is what this is here. This is how God looks at it. When you forgive someone from your heart, this is what you say to God in essence. God, this person hurt me. However, I don't have it within my capacity to deal with it fairly. Right? If 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 you were to put that person's life in my hand, I'd probably end it or hurt them just as bad, if not worse, than how they hurt me. So I'm 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 not just enough, and I'm not fair enough. And I mean that's just being honest, coming from a real place. Come on, somebody, I I I, I am not equipped. I am ill-equipped to deal with this person the way that you would, or the the right way. If they were in my hands, I would do them great harm. I would try to hurt them as much as that. So you, that's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness says to the father, Lord, I don't have the capacity to deal with this person justly or righteously. Therefore, I'm releasing them to you. That's what forgiveness does. It, it gives that person over to God from your heart. That's what forgiveness releases it relinquishes that person from your heart, from your emotions, from your, you know, your painful experience. It doesn't deal with the pain. Now, that's a whole, that's a, remember I said forgiveness is process. It does, the pain is still there. The memory is still there. However, the person, you're releasing them and you're totally giving them to God. Jesus did the same thing when, when Judas betrayed him as they were on the cross. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen said the same thing. Forgive them for they know not what they do. The people who wound you, the people who hurt you have no idea who you are in God. If they were, Jesus said, if you would have crucified the Lord, if you would have known that you had crucified the Lord of glory. You let me tell you something. You my God. There are people who have wounded you, who may have raped you or molested or what, and had no idea about the call of God on your life. If they known, my God, they would run away from you and never speak to you again. They had no idea. And then there's some people that just wound you out of plain ignorance. Release them too. Let God deal with it because we don't have the capacity to deal with people who hurt us righteously. That's a, that's a God attribute and a God character that you and I don't have. We must release them. And, and going back to what happened in this parable, the, the Jesus is showing us you were forgiven much more than what they did to you. You, you holding one instance or maybe a few, you're holding them hostage for that, but you got a lifetime of offenses that you offended God and he offended all of that and still is. Right. Because most times when somebody hurts you, you're not going to you shouldn't anyway put yourself in the same position for the same person. I, I would hope you wouldn't do that. You understand what I'm saying? So if they hurt you, they may hurt you a few times. But that's no comparison to the number of times we've offended the father. Come on, somebody. And this is what the father is saying. Jesus is saying here in this passage. He said you were forgiven. How many? Let me see. Let me get back in this. You were forgiven. Um, uh, where is that? You were forgiven, where is that, Lord Jesus, 10,000 talents. You were forgiven, you and I, and me too, were forgiven 10,000 talents worth of offenses. I'm, I'm just putting it in context. And the person who hurt you, their offense is worth 100 pence. There's no comparison. But yet you will hold them hostage, but you want God to forgive you. And that's what Jesus is saying. You want the Father to forgive you, and, and the Father's forgiveness get, grants you access 
to eternity. There's no comparison. So it, it is incumbent upon us to forgive. We have to. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit because I'm, I'm almost running out of time. I want to talk to you about the tormentors because I, I said either forgive or torment. You choose forgiveness or torment as you choose. Right. So now let me let me give you a definition of tormentors. Let me see where I pull this up at. The definition of torment, and this is just a Google definition of torment, is severe physical or mental suffering. Torment is severe physical or mental suffering. Uh, another definition is to experience severe mental or physical suffering. So the gist of it is, all right, to be tormented is to experience severe physical or, excuse me, mental suffering. Excuse me. Now, remember, I told you in the beginning about the effects of unforgiveness. Well, that's what Jesus said to those of us. And I'm including myself who hold unforgiveness according to what Jesus said. And I'm going to go back because I want to quote this to you. According to what Jesus said and the Lord, verse 34, 1834, and his Lord was robbed and delivered him, delivered him. So in other words, when we hold unforgiveness when we refuse to forgive the father that's what he said in verse 35 so likewise that's why i wanted y'all to circle that in your bibles or whenever you get to it or highlight it or whatever you like to do to your stuff so likewise your heavenly father will do unto you and he's not listen he is not talking to the unsaved man he was talking to the disciples so yes we have church folk believe it or not who the father who loves you, who calls you the apple of your eye, of his eye, who's put all kind of wonderful gifts and talents and things in you. That father, that one is delivering you to the tormentor. Why? To, to experience the infliction of mental or physical anguish. Why? Until you pay all that was due or to win rather until you pay all. So remember I said earlier that Forgiving someone is not so much for them as it is for you. When you hold unforgiveness, number one, if you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you. God doesn't bless people that he doesn't forgive. God doesn't even deal with people that he doesn't, uh, uh, that he doesn't forgive. That's just a kingdom principle. You, you, you know, that, that again, matters of the heart. You cannot hold this stuff in your heart and you're mad at your ex-husband, you're mad at your ex-wife, you're mad at, at your, your, your grown child, you're mad at the bishop, you're mad, and, and, but yet God is blessing me. How you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. No, you are not. You are, you, you are tormented. You're tormented. Let me give you the biblical, let me give you the Greek, all right? The Greek for that, and I was trying to practice and pronounce it earlier, the Greek word for torment is basanites basanites b-a-s-a-n-i-s-t-e-s basanites i'm pretty sure i just crucified the pronunciation but you get it right and let me tell you what that means now that's the greek that's coming straight out the bible that's a trans greek transliteration and it means a person who carries tools to torment so who do you think that is the tormentor is a spirit that his his prime purpose, because, you know, we listen. Oh, I want to experience the supernatural. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of phases to the supernatural. There's a lot going on in the supernatural realm. So you want to be specific. OK, 
The, the tormentor is a spirit. It is a tormenting spirit. Many times you'll see children, sometimes babies, when the anointing is really high in a service and you'll see babies. I mean, nothing's wrong with them. All of a sudden they start screaming and hollering. That's a tormenting spirit. Sometimes you'll find when the anointing is really high, the spirit of God is really high in a church. You'll find folk get up and walk out. It doesn't have anything with them having to go to work or left the pot on at home or what have you. They've been tormented. Okay. For whatever reason, the spirits of torment. So there is a spirit of torment. And I, I really want y'all to get this because the devil doesn't send this to you. And I know this is going to shatter a lot of people's theology. <laughs> the devil does not send you a torment. Now he can use a tormenting spirit and the devil has tormenting spirits, but this tormenting spirit, according to eight, uh, Matthew 18, 34, 35, the father sends it. And we've seen this happen before with, in, with, with Micah. God sends spirit. Every, listen, every evil spirit is not sent from Satan. Please don't, don't, don't twist that. One spirit, the Lord said, who will go and be a spirit? One spirit said, I'm going to go be a spirit. And the Lord asked him, which, what kind of spirit? He said, I will go and be a lion spirit. Let me try to pull that up real quick and give y'all some. Because I don't want y'all, I don't want y'all to think she's just making this stuff up. Uh-uh. Let me see. I'm going to give you, I will be a lion spirit. First Kings 22, 22. Somebody please put that in scripture. Also, I mean, in post, Second Chronicles 18, 21. All right. And he said, I will go out and I will be a lion spirit. And he said, you are to entice him. So I need you to understand this. This is why it's so important, people of God, to forgive people and let them go. It doesn't mean that you, you approve of what they did. It doesn't mean that, 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 that you, you are patting them on the back. That's, that's not what it means. It means that you are giving forgive. Give them over to God because I don't have the capacity to judge you righteously because I'm going to judge you out of my pain. I'm going to judge you out of my betrayal. I'm going to judge you out of my hurt. So, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. I don't have the capacity to, to, to deal with you. I don't have the capacity to really talk to you without saying something mean or saying something out of my pain. So I, I've got to release you out of my spirit. Thank you. First Chronicle, First Kings, it, uh, says it's First Kings twenty two twenty two. First Kings twenty two twenty two, and then Second Chronicles eighteen twenty one. First Kings twenty two twenty two, Second Chronicles eighteen twenty one. All right, and that's where that that spirit takes on. He said, "I will go out and be a lion spirit." The devil didn't send that. So it is, it's very important. It's very important. Um, it, hmm. You have to exercise and you have to discipline your spirit to forgive and forgive quickly. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You, you got to learn how to forgive quickly. Don't let the sun go down in your wrap. Deal with things quickly. Don't let do not let the enemy settle things in your spirit where you're holding it for years and years and years. Now, listen. The reason why you got to go to God and pray, and that's what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, is because, you know, first of all, you got to take that thing to God because you've given that person to God. And God, in turn, will give you the strength to actually forgive the person. You don't necessarily have to go to the person and say, I forgive them. God will reveal that to you because the person may have gone on from this life. You see what I'm saying? that's, That's why I say it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. You may not be, the person may be in jail. The person may be dead. The person may have married and gone. I mean, so it may not be feasible for you to physically say, hey, I forgive you. It's really not, that ain't what the Lord's asking you to do. You, that's something you've got to posture in your heart to God in prayer. 
And if God gives you the opportunity, it may be for, for healing. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, listen, if God is restoring the relationship, then yeah, we talked about that. You know, reconciliation. You go to your brother, you make things right. If you have all, leave it, give it all to make it right. So, uh, you know, again, it's all a process. It ain't just no, oh, I forgive you. No, it's a process. You need to go to God in prayer. Father, in Jesus name, he hurt me terribly bad. I, I, it's, it's just a terrible pain that it hurts my heart. It's affecting the way I think. I can't sleep. Remember the tormentors. Remember what I said. The tormentor has been empowered to attack you mentally and physically. So you're holding unforgiveness and you wonder why you can't sleep. You got bags on your eyes. You can put groceries in them. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You're losing weight. And it has nothing to do with you running or, or, or slimming or trying to slim down. It's just you being tormented. You're tormented. And you can say, oh, I'm seeing spirits in my room at night. It's the devil. Not always the case. The father has sent a tormenting spirit. And I, again, I, I know this is tough. I know it's tough. Listen, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the Bible. You know, it's the principle of godliness. It's the principle of the kingdom. You want God to bless you. You want doors to open for you. You want the heavens to be open. Then we have to do this thing right. We can't just speak in tongues like and, and, and prophesy over it and shout over it and soul seed and put a praise on it and think it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. There are people out here that are determined to make you miss God. You hear what I'm saying? There are people out here that the enemy will send, will send to sabotage your, your everything. And they will intentionally wound you. That's why I always say in my church, my spiritual sons and daughters will tell you when new people come in your life, ask God, who, who, who God did you send this person? Because that person, if they are sent by sabotage, now the enemy sends sabotage, okay? If that person is sent by sabotage, they're going to hurt you. I'm telling you right now, I, I don't care how good it looks right now. Eventually, they are going to hurt you bad. Because that's the assignment that they're on to, to, to drive you. And like I said, my message, to get you out of bounds, out of the will of God, out of the path of God, out of the way of the righteousness. So when you pray, God can't even hear you because you got all kind of hell and stuff in your heart. God can't hear a word you say. Because you got bad connections, faulty connections, counterfeit friendships. This stuff is serious. Now you, you, you so filled with unforgiveness. I don't trust nobody. I don't trust them. Now, because you let the wrong person in your life. You holding on to it. You won't give it to God. And now you're big mad. I mean, come on. And, and then on top of all of that, God is not moving. So, I mean, you got two wrongs, if not three. That's a lot of stuff going on. That's a lot of torment. Problems on your job, problems in your body, problems in your house. You have tormenting spirits with your anointed self. <laughs> This was a message that Jesus gave to the disciples. This was not a message to the unbelievers. So you can be saved and beautifully saved, be the first one to church, the last one leave and be tormented. Can't sleep, can't eat, seeing dark shadows and, and stuff breaking down. Don't nothing go right. All kind of promotions passing you by, you, you know, praise God. Tormented. Did I finish giving y'all the Greek definition? Basanites, basanistes, all right, that's the Greek, means torturer or tormentor. And God sent that. The devil didn't do that. <laughs> the, the devil didn't do that. God did that to teach you a lesson. 
because you won't forgive you have and, and, and Michelle said earlier you you've you've made that person an idol you you can't get past them God said that you you know you want me to forgive you but you can't forgive them you want me to forgive you from everything you did from the time you was born all that stuff you did and you know the stuff you did you want me to forgive you but you can't get past what they did you think you're better than them right do you think you're better than me so you have to, and it's a, it's a, it's a humble place to go to God crying and snotting and drooling. Lord, help me. Lord, I need to forgive my father for walking out on me when I was four years old. Help me to forgive my father for beating my mom. Help me to forgive my mom for, for, for selling my body. God help me. You, you listen, you got to go to God and you got to get that stuff right. Or every relationship you have will be tainted. With the bitterness, with the resentment, with the pain of the hurt. And you wonder why you keep meeting people. And I don't never meet good people. I always meet people that use me. I always meet people that, that's on. Well, because you have not yet learned how to, in, you, you, you can't even enjoy the flavor of a good friendship right now because you're unhealthy. You will damage somebody who's whole. And can I tell you something? I, I believe, I believe, and, and this is a grown folk conversation, right? I believe many who, who are believing God for relationships, whatever that, you, however you define it, okay? Many who are believing God for relationships. I believe that God will deliberately block it to keep you from hurting someone because you are still hurting. Y'all know they're saying hurt people hurt people. That's so true. That is so true. I know a woman and some of y'all know a woman too who came from abusive relationship from abuse to abuse to abuse to abuse and never got past it. Just went right on with all the gifts and all the anointing but never dealt with the, 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 the root of the hurt. Never dealt with it. Met a nice somebody and the person tried to be the nice somebody that they, that they are. But because that person was so hurt and, and so bitter, still anointed now. But so bitter, and you can, listen, come on, because bitterness has a sound, and y'all know it. You can hear the bitterness. You can hear the, you can hear the gift, and you can hear the bitterness. My God is like, Jesus, you can, you can see dual manifestations, dual streams, my apostle says, dual streams, flesh and, and, and the spirit trying to, trying to coexist, right? And so the person ended up in a relationship, but they were still hurt, and, and you know, they, they sabotaged the good person. To God had to step in and deliver. And to this day, God has moved that person on. And that same wounded person is still the same wounded person. The gift's still working. The gift is still working. You see what I'm saying? This stuff is real, y'all. This is real. I don't know who, you know, has wounded you. I know somebody has them. Come on, I got wounds. I got, God, I got battle scars too. We all do. We all do. You've been in this life for any amount of time. Somebody has hurt you. Somebody has betrayed you. Somebody has, has, has shared things about you without your, your, your permission. Somebody has posted stuff about, I mean, come on, you don't went through some stuff, but you owe it to yourself that not just deal with the, you know, you owe it to yourself to not just have the painful experience, you know, but release them. So you don't have the tormentors on top of your pain. That's, that's a double whammy. You got pain from the pain and in torment is from your unforgiveness. You understand what I'm saying? You got pain from what happened to you 
And then you got God dealing with you on top of your pain. That, that's some that's some stuff. I, listen, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time for that stuff in my life. You know, so I, I've learned, me, I've asked God to teach me the art of forgiveness. The art, the art of forgiveness. Because it's a process. And when I say art, you think of art, art is create is, is creative, right? Bachelors of arts is a kind of, you know, it's not the bachelor of science where it's, you know, you can't mix the medicine with this and you add that. When you have a bachelor of arts degree, it's more creative, right? Well, there's an art to forgiveness where it's not one size fit all. Your process may take a little bit longer than mine. Mine may take more than yours. Like uh, Jesus told Peter, 70 times 7. Yours may be 30 times 2. Somebody else may be 2 times 1. I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is God has invested too much in you to not, uh, uh, for you not to, to enjoy the, the, the manifestation of all that he has for you. And God loves you, but he will chastise you. Please don't misunderstand that. He said, those I love, what I chasten. The tormenting spirit is a chastising spirit. And I'm telling you, it will feel like the devil is on your trail because it will operate in those same attributes. Just like I gave you in first, uh, what scriptures I gave y'all? I gave y'all in um, first Kings 22, 22 and second Chronicles 18, 21. It will act just like a demon. Okay. That thinks that I will be a lying spirit. Come on now. This is some powerful, powerful stuff. That tormented spirit will act just like a demon. And if you don't know any better, especially if you're super spiritual and can't nobody tell you nothing, you'll think, oh, honey, I'm in warfare. The devil's fighting me. And the devil ain't no more fighting you. And God is fighting you. The devil's not fighting you. Well, maybe, you know, he ain't fighting you in that area. Put it like that. He may be fighting you, but that ain't, that's not his fight. That's God's fight against you. And that thing he said, until you pay what you owe. Until well, let me see. I'm gonna quote it to you, right? Because I don't want to miss. He said, until you, yeah, until you pay all that was due. So until you release all of your captives, then God will call back that tormentor. That ain't something Jesus is gonna do. Jesus, I just want you to come and get these people because they're getting on my nerves. Jesus said, it's finished. I listen, I've already forgiven my folk. It's, it's your turn. You see what I'm saying? You got to use the principles I've given you. You got to use my spirit. You got to use my word, right? When you think about art, you got tools. You got brushes. You got pens. You got crayons. You got all kinds of stuff. You got to use the tools. Yeah, so 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 God teach me the art of, of, of forgiveness so that I can enjoy this abundant life. You said that I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not experiencing no abundant life. I'm saved. I'm spirit-filled. I'm Holy Ghost-filled, baptized, and uh, you know all of that. But I'm, I'm not seeing the fullness of God in my life. It seems like I have more dark days than light days. Something is wrong. And then I know the enemy. And this is why I tell God, I said, now, wait a minute now. The enemy don't have power over my life. I, so, so God, what, what have I offended you? You know what I'm saying? Before we jump in and pull out the demon, the demon buster books and, and you know, we, you know, we want to go down through the list. I come against Jezebel. I come against and some of that stuff. is not Jezebel. Some some of it is some some of our warfare is called harvest seed that we have sown some bad, corrupt seed. And it comes back and you forgot. You forgot. You forgot what you put in the ground and it's coming back and you want to label the devil. No, it's called harvest. Right. It's not always the case, but it's the case. So I'm closing, okay? And uh, this has been heavy. I didn't even, well, I, I don't ever get through all my notes because I always just bend my ear to hear what God is saying and just 
you know, speak directly into your spirit. So, I mean, I write notes and put out all kinds of stuff, but by the time God gets done, you know, that's that. But my prayer tonight is that you go back over Matthew chapter 18 um, and, and just really let the Father talk to your heart. Really, really. And and get to a place to where you are. <laughs> Don't have my book. Oh, you got it on your desk right now, woman of God. Amen. Listen, I'm not knocking a demon buster books. I believe, you know, I've used them too, but I'm just saying, you know, in terms of, you know, knowing, know your battles, know your battles and know your warfare because you can listen, you can battle Jezebel all day long, but if Jezebel, that's like somebody with a toothache wrapping a bandaid around your foot, you getting treatment, but you're not dealing with the issue. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so, yeah, well, you can battle, you know, I come against a demon from 10 generations on my mama's side. That's wonderful. Do that. Clean the house. Praise God. But still deal with your issue. Amen. Don't, don't bandage your foot for a toothache. Right. Go to the root. Go to the root and take some time in prayer. Spend time with the Lord and let him let him show you. Father in Jesus saying, God, show me, God, show me people that I have held hostage in my heart. And I, I've gone on and, and, and I have may even forgotten about it. But, Lord, it's, there's still something in my spirit because whenever somebody mentioned your name or if I see something or hear something, I, something in my spirit is just feels so unsettled. And I know that, that, that the, that's the Holy Spirit that's grieved. I know the spirit of the Holy Spirit is grieved with me because I'm, I'm, I'm moving on, but I haven't, I, I'm not healed. And, and, and God, because of that, your word, according to Matthew 18, 20, uh, 18, uh, chapter 34, um, 35, God, you're releasing tormentors. This is not the enemy. You're releasing tormentors, God. And these tormentors, you have given them tools to harass me. They're taking my sleep. They're affecting my money. They're affecting my relationships. They're affecting uh, my ministry. They're affecting my body. You know, one last, I, oh, I forgot to give you the last um, definition of the tormentor is uh, uh, a torturer and a jailer. That means he binds you up. He comes to bind you, to restrict you, restrict, immobilize you, basically. So you're not even moving. It's like you in quicksand trying to move and you're not moving. And you can see everybody else moving into whatever God has for them and, and you're not moving. And then here comes more resentment. Here comes more envy and strife. You know, it's just just a, a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Amen. So go and ask God. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking God for material things. And, you know, we all like nice stuff. Nothing wrong with that. God made us to enjoy, you know, the works of our hands. But don't don't neglect the time in prayer where you say, you know what, God, I'm not coming to you and asking you for nothing. Even though I may need some stuff, but but God. I, I really need an examination of my soul. Father, I need to check the prosperity of my soul. I need to know, God, am I still holding on to what my ex did or what my baby mama did or my stepdaughter or my daughter-in-law? You'd be amazed. with it. And be honest. God, show me, God. It, it, you know, it may hurt me to see it again, but God, show it to me because I want to I do this thing right. And again, just to close out what I'm saying, you may not always have the opportunity to go back to that person and say, I'll forgive you. If, if God, if God is restoring the relationship, then yeah. Right. If any, you have all, you know, the scripture say, uh, any man have always brother, leave your gift and also go rest, reconcile and come back and offer your gift. If, cause listen, in every, God is ever, see, not every relationship is Supposed to be reconciled. You're not supposed to reconcile with the rapist or, you know what I'm saying, the child abuser or the molester. That, that's not what God is asking you to do. Forgive them. That's what he's at. Forgive. Get it out of your heart and release them so he can deal with it. And then let God deal with that. However, he, God may save them. God may, he, let me tell you what, you know what he did with Paul? Here, here's what um, 
What's his name? Uh, Stephen prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He prayed forgiveness for those who murdered him. And do you know what? When he released them, God's hand was released to deal with them. And you know how God dealt with Saul? He said, I'm going to show you the things you're going to suffer for my namesake. Even though God used Apostle Paul, he was the greatest apostle, amen, wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. He still had to suffer. Oh, that's a whole nother message. Just because you've been saved, delivered, and set free does not mean you don't have to deal with your harvest. You know, I tell people all the time, if you had a child before you got saved, when you get saved, your child don't disappear. You know, you still have to care for that child. You still got to. So there are things that you may have done before you got saved. That is not going to automatically wipe the slate clean. God will grace you if you've been buffeted for your faults. He will grace you to get through it. He will, he will show you how to deal with it. And that's why he told Paul. Paul sought God three times. Please take this message um, thrown out of my son. God said, no, I will not. <laughs> you see? So even Paul, the great apostle, he suffered. And the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to show you the things you're going to suffer for money because you killed one of my own. Even though you're my apostle, I'm still going to allow you. You're going to pay for what you did to him. I mean, that's kind of, boy, that's one of those mysteries, y'all. I don't even have time to talk about that. But, you know, chew the cut on it. Think about it. God will allow people to, to, to he said, vengeance is my God will avenge you. You better believe it. He said, I will have a readiness to avenge all, all, um, and having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So God is going to deal with the disobedient only after your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when you do what you're supposed to do, then God can do what needs to be done. Okay? So Apostle Paul is a famous example of that. Even with Judas, God, Jesus forgave Judas. And, and he didn't say, I forgive you. Now God's going to kill you. He forgave him and went on to glory. Right. It's not, it's not for you. Once you forgive, it's not for you to dictate how God is going to deal with it. That, remember, you can't judge that because you can't even judge righteously when you've been hurt. Pain won't let you judge righteously. God, he said, I will avenge it. I'll, vengeance is mine. Let me deal with it. Judas's punishment was death. Killed himself. Uh, Paul's punishment was you won't preach for the rest of your life. Hatfields and McCoys. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Sister Davis. Yes, God. I, again, I'm not one because I, you know, I don't, I don't recommend movies because I don't know where, you know, if people, some people, you know, Bible say you got to be careful. Some people, you know, don't do meat. They just do herbs. So you don't want to offend nobody. So I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, if you're one of those who like to watch movies, the Hatfields and the McCoys is, is if you want to look at generational hatred, that's a good generational unforgiveness. That's a good one for you to watch. Okay. All right, I'm gone. I'm going to get something to eat. Um, Y'all have a blessed night and um, and uh, let this word resonate in your belly. Go to God in Jesus' name and ask the Father to show you. Now, some of you, your slate may be clean. You know what I'm saying? You may be, hey, I'm, I'm squeaky clean. I ain't got nobody. You know, I'm in my, got in my spirit. I'm, I'm straight. That's wonderful. Praise God. Keep it, keep it going. Keep it clean. Um, but we live this life and we have to deal with people. And I'm telling you, yes. Praise the Lord. So, I, I, amen. I'm so glad this teaching has, um, <laughs> I'm so glad this teaching has been a blessing to you. And again, like I said, this topic is, is, is not one of those deep, super spiritual topics, but you'd be amazed at, um, at, at how it can affect your life. 
Okay, positively or negatively. So God bless you. Um, we will be back at the appointed time. Be blessed. Be prosperous. Amen. And let the favor of God go before you. Love you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Good night.